What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, what's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm so psyched to have my buddy all the way from the down under, uh, Matt Halson on the show today. Dude, thanks for waking up at 3 a.m. for this very important podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some 3 a.m. ones before. I'm sure uh, you have. Good, man. 7 a.m. Yeah. 7 a.m. right now, which is uh, not a bad time. No, it's cartoon hour for for the kids right it will it will be today man yeah, yeah. Got a, a house full of sick kids so yeah the i said to the wife i'm like just do what you got to do i'm going to be on a call for an hour or so yeah um let them just chill so yeah yeah well, i love Enjoy it, it. Well, we met we met through uh traver and the uncivilized man uh you know group and and it's been such a a fun journey obviously to to meet you and then to continue our almost daily conversations over WhatsApp just to see how we're, we're, you know, many miles apart, but, but uh, very much cut from the same cloth. Would you say? Yeah, I agree with that, man. Yeah. 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 And yeah, so like, you it's, are... just, it's awesome that we've, uh, that, yeah, technology is amazing. Like, yeah. The fact that uh, I've got some, <laughs> some of my best friends now are over in the United States. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like, you know, you jump on Telegram or WhatsApp and, sending bloody 10 or 15 minute voice notes to each other and yeah, yeah. it's just real cool to be able to have that brotherhood but even though it's remote yeah it's uh sure beats you know being pen pals and writing through the mail like we used to back in the day so <laughs> but you are uh to to give people who don't know you a little bit of your background i know obviously that you're uh an electrician and kind of in the oil and gas uh industry right your father for you also do mm-hmm. some men's coaching. Tell yep. tell people that are listening a little bit more about you besides that. All right. So let's go back to the the father of four is probably the the biggest thing that's up for me at the moment. So yeah. Um, yeah, we've got four, four little kids, uh, an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a three-year-old. Jeez, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. And a seven-month-old, or nearly, nearly seven Damn. months old. Yeah. Um, Every yeah, other year, and, you've uh, been punching that ticket for a while. Yeah. Eight, six, four. Yeah, yeah, two, and we're almost. and we're not finished yet, too. So yeah, we're yeah. we're still planning on having a couple keep more. It, so keep it going. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just need, just you'll need to I get might, a bus soon. Yeah, I'll have a trial of hundred. I'll have to book a whole plane just to come over to the states. <laughs> <laughs> Charter your own plane or something like that. Yeah, or you'll have just, like a, a TLC show, you know, of like Matt and his 15 children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that could be cool. We could do that. That could be great. Yeah. Been I, I call it like Australian Mormons, but we're not, we're not religious. Yeah. But it'll be similar. It'll be something similar, but only one <laughs> wife as well. <laughs> yeah. One, one wife, no yeah, sister wives. Yeah. No sister wives. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess um, as far as the family goes and how that sort of the, the, the biggest impact from me having a family was um, when I was 23. So when I was 23, that's when my oldest daughter was born. Mm. Um, it was like a month, just over a month before I turned 24. And it was such a smack in the face in all fronts. Like there's nothing like having a child to really blow your mind apart about oh shit, I'm now responsible for something. You know, when, you, mm. when you're that young and you've got money and being in oil and gas for a majority of that time, it's like, I wasn't really short on money. I had a good job. I worked hard. Um, you know, so you tend to play pretty hard as well, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden going from that to like, oh, now I've got this, this beautiful little human that is relying on me and they're going to grow. They're going to develop into a mature adult. It's like, well, how do I make them a mature adult when I'm not that mature? I'm not that across my shit. Like I spend money, like I can't save. I was stuck in all this victim mindset of like, I can't do this. I'm not this kind of person. I'm not that kind of person. Yeah. Uh, And to be honest, when I, when I looked in the mirror, I did not like who I saw at all. So that was the, the big kick in the ass to me to be like, well, how are you going to show up for this little person? And be that father that when she grows up, she wants to spend time with. She wants to talk to about the things that are going on in her life and mm-hmm. not just be distance and distant and, and not talking and not being in communication with. So that got me started on my own little journey of like, oh shit, like I don't know how to be a good man because I didn't even know what a good man looked like. Yeah. You know, I grew up um, pretty rough. And, you know, there's a, I've got a bunch of stories about some pretty bad things looking back at it, you know, when I was 14 or 15 years old. And it's like, well, that was, that was less than ideal ways to grow up. And they were less than ideal people to be hanging around with and modeling myself on and my behavior on. So I needed to find that baseline, right? I needed to figure out what is a good man. And this is in 2014, and there wasn't a great deal that I could find easily, right? If yeah. you searched up like how to be a good man, like sure, you'd get all these web pages with like, oh, seven steps to being a good man. And you'd read through them. You're like, what's this shit? Yeah. It's so yeah. blanket. It's all blanket terms. And it's just like, do all these things. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's telling me how to be a good man for other people. It's like, that's not what I want. I want to know how to mm-hmm. be a good man for me. Mm-hmm. And that by essence would always benefit my family in positive ways. So um, I went searching everywhere and, you know, there was the main, the main source in the end for positive masculinity was through social media and following the right people on social media. And that's when I started to come across, um, guys like Traver and I found, mm-hmm. it took me a long time before I found Traver and the work that he does. And that shift is, is where my growth really started. So I tried a whole bunch of things and, I was reading all these books and all these websites and blogs and I was getting all these in, impressions from a lot of people. But what I didn't, I failed to acknowledge that a lot of that was, um, there was a lot based around nice guy tendencies. Again, just pleasing other people and then everything works out that way. So, well, it doesn't, it didn't in my case and it doesn't in a lot of guys' cases that I see. And neither does the opposite approach of just reject and just do what you want. And, you know, fuck everything else. And it'll all just work out the way it's supposed to work out. That mm-hmm. doesn't work either. So it's like, well, where's the balance between those two? 
um, and finding that balance was was the biggest challenge. And with that comes a lot of hard conversations and a lot of difficulties. And that was where most of my growth came from. You know, it's mm. like it's like they're saying, you know, to, to make diamonds, you need pressure. And that was the pressure, mm. you know, dismissing, throwing your hands up in the air and going, fuck it, I'll just do whatever I want. Well, that's the easy option. You know, it's you're sure it's hard for a little bit, but then it's easy. It's like the, the path that we take, the path that I'm taking is it's hard often. And you have those difficult conversations, the ones that are just gut wrenching to get into. And you're like, I don't know how this is going to land. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but you have them anyway, you hold the space and you focus on that intention of growing through that. Um, and so, yeah, that's where the men's coaching and stuff started to tie into it for me because mm. I went through all of this and I realized that I, I got through all of this and all these challenges and all this hardship with this fear that I was going to lose my family in the process. Mm. I was convinced that I am going to mess this up completely. I'm going to, I'm going to say these things, these things are going to come to light. And my wife's just going to be like, no, I'm out. And I would see my kids every second weekend or, you know, every second week I would get them and then they'd have to go to school. Um, Another thing point to bring up, we homeschool our kids as well, or my wife Mm. homeschools our kids. Mm. Um, so like there was this massive complicated thing. And the, the thing that really pushed me the hardest was I do not want to be that man. I don't want to be that dad that only sees his kids every second week. And there has to be a way that I can do that while keeping my family together um, and work, sorry, and work through the, the, the changes that I need for me to benefit my family and keep them together at the same time. So right. um, I started to really work through that and, um, a, a big benefit to that was having a good, good amount of brothers around me that are doing the same type of work. Mm. So they're drilling into themselves, they're drilling into their traumas and their troubles and their problems and their lack of communication and their emotional control and regulation and working through all that stuff to figure out who they, who they are at their core. Then they can start to bring that person forward. You can really start to understand who you are and how you operate and then go, what is it that I actually want from this new place of like deeper understanding of who I am? And you can start to take steps in that direction. And so I did that. And then it just started to blow my mind time and time again, just having these conversations with guys um, about what I was doing and the troubles that I was going through and all these things and the amount of support from people that, you know, you, you would say aren't doing the work. Um, and it blows their minds that you're having these kinds of conversations, you know, like doing sex quizzes and stuff with my wife to be like, we need to understand, like, what are all the things that we like and don't like? And then you right. can be on the same page. And it's like, it's, it's amazing how much having those good conversations, those hard conversations can really bring, bring clarity to things. And when you have clarity on things, you can really start to play with stuff. You know? It's also interesting, uh, if you don't mind me interrupting, it's also interesting to know that you, you could be, you know, married to someone or know someone, right, intimately for a long time, but having never had those conversations, you don't actually really know, you know, it's not that you don't know them, you just don't know them to the level that you could, right? And yeah. what's also interesting on the other side of the coin is sometimes when we do ask those questions or we receive those questions, we realize we don't even know ourselves. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what pleases me. I don't know what makes me happy or fulfilled, you know? And so it's interesting is that 
what you were saying was like looking into the mirror and not really liking the man that you were, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. the man looking in the mirror today is kind of is, you're the same. You're the same man. You might have a little bit more gray hair. Who knows, right? Or a little bit <laughs> a little less more. hair. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but uh, the above. <laughs> but uh, and yet, it, the only difference is like, are are your behaviors in integrity with the man yeah. that you ultimately want to be, or are yeah. you just kind of uh, going through the through life just sedated or just kind of going by, you know, flowing through it just by way of whatever direction the wind blows, you know, that kind of sounds like how a lot you and me previously, and a lot of men are where they just like, I just don't love like life's not horrible, but it's not great. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot of intentionality. It sounds like you started to really get intentional about reading and educated and having conversations and doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, there's so much to be said for all of that. I was that guy for a long time. So in the, during this process of from when my daughter was born until I discovered the, the work that balances like the masculine and the feminine or feminine, the, the yeah. primal, the divine, all these things where you can tie these two things together. Um, I operated very much from a primal, like from a primal energy, from a primal um, stance in life. You know, I was which was aggressive, like, oh, yeah. not like ang- not an angry person, but like anything that I was doing, I was like, yeah, I'm fucking doing that. I'm all in. I'm going to make sure I get this done. But the ten- like the problem with that is then you neglect a lot at the same time because there's mm-hmm. no balance, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm just going to go tunnel vision and go down here. It's like, man, if you turn around and look backwards, you're going to notice that you've left a trail of destruction behind you. Right. And there's a lot of guys that, that do that, but they don't even realize they're doing that. Right. If we're floating through life. I was this guy. I'd, I'd be floating through. It was like Groundhog Day every day, you know, and just this feeling of stuck. I'm like, why is it that I followed this blueprint? You know, everyone lays out this blueprint for a happy life, right? We've all heard it in some capacity or another, which is you study hard, you know, get good grades, you get a good job then you buy a house, then you have a family and then you pay the house off as fast as you can equals happiness. <laughs> right. And I did all that. I did all that. I was up to the point of like, I've just got to pay my house off and then I'm happy. It's like, well, what the fuck's going to change when I paid off my house? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not happy. It's like, I've got a lot to be grateful for. You know, I've got these two or three beautiful kids when this realization hit me and it's like, well, why the fuck am I not happy? I've got, I've done all this stuff. I've done all this work. I've got these kids. I've got the house. Like this is what I was told makes me happy. And it didn't. And it's like, well, then what is there? Like there has to be something more than just this, than this, just this blatant floating existence. And the answer to that is there always is, but we need to listen to the inner parts of ourselves of what we want. And then we need to understand how do we break through the barriers to start moving in that direction? And that, that comes down a lot to like vision and purpose. So what is it about your life that you can see that no one else can see, but you mm-hmm. see it? Maybe you're not sharing it with other people. You're not sharing it with your wife because it scares you to, to even put it out there into the world. And then how do you get over the, the limiting beliefs within yourself that says, yeah, I can actually do that. And often that's baby steps. So mm-hmm. I feel like I've gone down a little rabbit hole there and I didn't answer the original question. It was fun. 
<laughs> it was fun, but I mean, there's yeah. tons of value in that too, because I think yeah. the, the vision and the purpose, um, I think that's what a lot of guys lack, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not that I, going back to what we were saying before, when I was in a similar place where you were, where things on paper looked decent, making good money, wife, truck, house, dog, you know, wardrobe, money in the bank. And yet I was so deeply lost and, and unhappy with myself and with the man that was looking back at me in the mirror was because I really wasn't choosing any of that stuff. I just was following the script that had been laid out ahead of me when I was younger. Right. Yeah. Um, and granted, those are opportunities that, you know, probably the vast majority of the world don't even get. And mm. yet I was getting those opportunities and still deeply unfulfilled. And I think that's the hard part is that we can, look at our lives and be like, man, I have, I have so much I should be grateful for and I can be grateful for. And yet why am I still not all that fulfilled? Right. So it's really getting back to what we've been kind of harping throughout this so far is just like having, having the intention, having the vision, having the brotherhood, uh, having the courage, right. Um, working on all those limiting beliefs, unearthing those, unrooting them, getting rid of them. Right. Yeah. And then, and then being willing to like actually start asking yourself the valuable question, which is what coaching really all is a really good coach. I feel like just asks a lot of really relevant pertinent questions that get you to think like, okay, what, what yeah. is it that I really want? Right. Cause I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of us do as men. Right. No, I, I don't think we do because it scares us Super in a lot scary. of ways. Yeah. Like it's scary to, to think of, oh, this is the, this is the life that I really want. And it scares us because it seems so fucking far away. It yeah. seems so hard and unachievable that we just go, oh, I'm never going to get there. So I just won't bother starting. Yeah. It's like you've, you've got to be, you've got to have the balls to take that first step or, you know, then you are destined to live like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Or it's like we do put on our blinders. Like you were saying, your your approach was very mm. primal. And yeah. it's like, and so then everyone else experiences you as like, oh, dad's not really present because he's so focused on achieving, right? Yeah. So then you get the thing that you think you want, whether it be the corner office or the house or the car or yeah. the certain amount of commas in your bank account. And then mm -hmm. you turn around to be like, hey, and there's no one really there who even like yeah. cares, you know? Other yeah. than you, we made it. We made it. Oh, uh, hang on. I'm alone. Yeah, I'm alone. What or happened? why was I even pursuing this, anyways? Because I don't feel yeah. anything. Yeah. Right. I don't feel yeah. anything that comes along with this that has any like a semblance of fulfillment or, mm. you know. So, it's, so I think that's a big part of it, too, is like, okay, how do you balance the primal and the divine? How do you balance um, a level of or in a life of, achieving the things that you want to achieve mm. while also having, you know, the presence and the ability yeah. to, to love, to be in love with your life and to have the fulfilling connection points with your loved ones and with yourself along the way. Would you agree? Yeah. And you, you nailed a couple of things there. Um, so as, as primal men, we, we tend to by default, ignore emotions or we suppress our emotions, right? We right. don't want to deal with them because they're hard. They're complicated. We don't fully understand them. 
It gets in the way you of know, getting I stuff to, done. It does, right? right? And yeah, like I used to have, I used to have two emotions. I was either okay or I was angry. That was yeah. it. That's, there was no, there was nothing else. There was that was my two modes. So I was either yeah, I'm alright, or I am pissed off, and everyone knows yeah. that I'm pissed off. Yeah, the way. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but when we talk about building a life that we love, well, if we're not open to love to begin with, how are you ever going to love your life? because you're not even open to receiving it from those closest to you. You know, how many of us, when someone gives us praise or they tell us how much they love us or anything like that, like you can almost physically feel a barrier get put up of like, Ooh, I need to just protect myself from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you like, you appreciate it. You say you appreciate it. You, you say you love them back and all the rest, but we don't allow ourselves to really open up and just absorb that and just be okay with that feeling of like, this yeah. person fucking loves me. Yeah. You know, and we don't even do that for ourselves. So when it comes to this balance of the primal and divine, it's everything. It is just everything, right? It's, it's like, you can be as primal as you want, but you need to balance it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be that guy that works, you know, 10 to 12 hour days, every single day of the week, when you're home, my man, you need to be as present as you can possibly be. That phone needs to disappear. Um, you need to make sure that every minute you're doing something, it's very intentional and you're checking in with your partner or your kids about where they're at in life and what they want. It's like, it's okay to be focused on something if it's purposeful and if it's in line with your values, but don't forget the people around you are looking to you for love and support as well. You know, and that's a, it's a hard thing to juggle that and to open that. And it's taken me a long time and a lot of therapy to really start to sink into, oh shit, like how do I feel moment to moment? And then how to communicate that effectively with my wife to be like, this is how I feel right now. This is how what you said made me feel when normally in my history, I would, I would just cut it off. I just be like, no, nah, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to give you the cold treatment. We're going to go to bed angry, going to wake up angry and this will go on for, for a week, mm. depending on what was said, right? And it's like, well, how, how's that for a relationship? Like, I don't want to be pissed off my wife every day when I leave. Yeah, right. Like, why would I want that? And then my kids get to experience that as well. Like, kids pick up on tension. Like, you wouldn't believe. Like, they're so in touch with the emotion and the energy of a room. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why would I want that? Why not? Why can't I just say, that thing you said triggered me in this way. And I don't like it when you do that. And then have a conversation around that. And it's like you don't necessarily have to apologize or anything for it straight away, but just understand when you, when you talk to me in certain ways, this is the, this is how I feel. Mm. And it's like, you can't expect me just to change how I feel as I won't expect you to just change how you feel. When I say things that you find um, upsetting or triggering sure. or any, of any mm. kind, you know, it's like you need to be able to talk through that kind of shit and you need to be able to communicate effectively what it does to you. Cause with that comes the balance. And the understanding and the deep understanding, like why would I want to be in a relationship with someone if I didn't want them to experience me at my best or at my deepest or at my, my most full? Why would you want a shallow relationship where you know, you're only ever talking about sports or the weather or just like, and anything that's remotely serious or hard just gets blown away. It's, right. like, it's so scary to even think of changing that because it's emotionally draining having to have these conversations, but you practice it, you start to take baby steps in that direction. Then they get easier. 
And then you start to get this understanding of each other. And then all of a sudden the connection between you really starts to build some fucking energy and your dynamic starts to change. Like just the, the masculine feminine polarity starts to show its head. And then you start to look into that and you start to go, Oh, wow. Like there is some natural things at play here that I don't necessarily understand, but I need to pay attention to them. You know, what we, what we as men tend to do is reject it. And we don't want to understand it because we've been whatever socially conditioned to think that this is what you need to do, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to be successful, to be happy. These are the things you need to do. And we get so stuck in what we've always heard that we kind of lost track of our intuition or our gut instincts. Totally. You know, it's like when I don't tell my wife how she's made me feel, my gut is yelling. Like it's, if it's telling me to yell at her about it, it's like that, that same signal is telling me that I need to have a conversation about it. Yeah. We kind of just misinterpret it because we're so heavily focused in the primal. It's like the only reaction I've got is okay. It's the wall off or it's to blow up. It's like, nah, take it and explore that and just start to understand it. And with that understanding, what's your relationship change massively? Well, it's interesting because you said, again, I think about my, my personal journey and had been living and quite frankly, still tend to default here because it's probably just my, my safe zone, right. Um, is living a life from the neck up such that when I started, you know, (laughs) awakening from the matrix to realize that there's a whole other way of (laughs) possible, uh, experience of living and then doing more like we've talked about therapy and breath work and, you know, coaching and um, experiential personal development that the whole idea of actually experiencing of like, like connecting these two, your head and your heart to, to be able to then verbalize what I'm experiencing in my body was so foreign. And it was not only foreign, it was kind of like, what what is this shit like don't bother me with this stuff like dude just help me get results just help me and a lot of it's been learning to just slow down breathe like connect with my body but if i have some like what's the the color that you're seeing in your chest and what what size is the shape and i'm like come on man I don't fucking know. I just know that I'm about to explode. Right. Yeah. But as I get more patience with myself and give myself more space and more grace, if you will, I do find that there's, there's certain modalities of, of like support and coaching and therapy that really work for me and other things that I'm just kind of, I think inherently turned off by, and that's okay. But I do feel like uh, for those guys that are listening to this and I want to get into, I'm going to bring this back around to your, to your journey is like, just having the humility to acknowledge life isn't the way <laughs> that you, you know, would like it to be. You need some yeah. support. You want to improve things, but you just don't know how. And just to start asking for help. And so I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit. I have a couple of questions in my mind, but this one for you now is like, we've talked somewhat like um, philosophically or, or just even like 30,000 foot view yeah. But when you started to make some changes, when you were like, fuck this, um, you mentioned a little bit of like, you started like jumping on, you know, websites or forums. And like, yep. if a guy's listening to this, what were some of the steps that you took to start kind of changing the trajectory of your life? 
applicable so, steps. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. So porn? when I started, no. Gambling. <laughs> it was Alcohol. The porn. Yeah, well, yeah. I like casinos. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just numbed the shit out of myself until I woke up good. one day. I was like, oh my God, my life's changed. I'm healed. Yeah. <laughs> I've done absolutely no work, but my life just changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you, yeah. porn. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, brothers. That's that ain't how this shit works. This is this is, this is the hard work. Yeah. And it's yeah. the very fucking rewarding work. Um that journey for me started with massive confusion. When I first, like, you know, when my first daughter was born, I went, fuck, I don't even know what a good man looks like. Yeah. I was like trying to just Google that shit and I didn't even know what terms to use. Like I hadn't, I don't even know, know if I masculinity came to mind back then. I'm not even yeah, sure if that not. came up. I was just like, oh, good man. Like this was the thing. Like now it seems so ridiculous that people wouldn't know the term masculinity. It's like, it's the world has changed so much since I was 20 or since I was 23. Like it's only nine years, um, but it's changed a lot. And the terms we use and just the amount of information that gets shared is so much more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, oh, people probably wouldn't believe that. It's like, I was 23 and no one had ever said, oh, your masculinity is this or anything like that. It just didn't happen. It was just a good man or not. So yeah, searching a lot of stuff. Um, and I came across the first impactful things that I found were books by Jack Donovan. Um, mm. So The Way of Man. And I read and, and I came across books like David Dieter's um, The Way of the Superior Man, wow. uh, King Warrior, Magician Lover, all these books now. At that point, because I was coming from such a primal place, the Jack Donovan book spoke to me the most, right? Because mm. he was like, what is this? He's, he's got his four pillars, um, strength, courage, mastery, and honor. Mm-hmm. And that just deeply resonated with me and my, and my masculine core. It's just like, oh yeah, that's what I want. David Dieter and King Warrior Magician Lover, they start to really get into the feminine stuff as well as, and I took a lot from them, um, but I couldn't apply a lot of it. Because it can I didn't be understand pretty it. dense. Yeah. It it's, can be. It yeah. Can go over your head pretty fast. Yeah, absolutely. So, but they are some good books to start like reading and, and just starting to understand. Totally. So that's where I started. Um, the issue that I had was that I stayed with that primal intent because I just assumed that like that was the way to go. I didn't, I misread that King Warrior, Magician Lover the way the superior man and books like that were preaching balance. I misunderstood that because of the talk about feminine um, and the, and femininity. So I missed, I misunderstood that. And I thought that Mm. that they're telling me to go feminine. I'm like, that doesn't feel right to me. I missed the point that it was a balanced approach. Mm. So in that primal side, I went down some, some very, very much less than ideal rabbit holes um, of like red pill kind of stuff where and i don't want to be like i was abusive in any way but my mindset shifted very much to a victim mindset of like all these things are happening to me you know Mm -hmm. these things are happening to me in life life is happening to me and doing that gives away so much of your power like you're just throwing it away being like i don't have any control whatsoever over this shit it's like you do you absolutely do you just don't know that or you don't know how to take that power back because we give it away in so many different ways Mm -hmm. um and it was many years later about when would it have been? Uh, probably 2018, I think, when my my son, my first son was born, that I came across Traver's book, Man Uncivilized. And that blew me away and scared the absolute shit out of me at the same time because mm. he was the first one 
that really just painted this picture of like primal and divine masculine and feminine and that you can have both and that that mix is going to look different for each people each person right he's like an mma fighter a security person like personal bodyguard for celebrities or whatever once upon a time all these things like i'm like oh well this dude's like primal as shit right he's he's like the kind of dude that i like but then he talks about like sitting down and, and um being able to hold space for people and mm-hmm. being able to cry with people and to understand people at a much deeper level and it's like oh wow like what is this like how how can you be these two things and then that started to shift and it still took me a long time to buy into that like it was probably a good 12 months maybe more and i digested a heap of his podcasts and things like that and just kept absorbing that message and being like oh wow okay then maybe there is something there and maybe this is what i've been missing for the last six years of my growth you know because i was doing all this work and i was growing myself but i was like i'm still not it's just it still feels off like something still doesn't feel right i still feel like there's more to life to be experienced than where i'm currently at so i lend right into that work and fuck me mate that just completely changed my trajectory mm. altogether if i hadn't have been for working that part out my relationship likely would have failed i would have been seeing my kids every second week i would be a workaholic because i'd have to be paying for shit um i would have lost my family home i probably would have gotten rid of cars like all this all this compounding shit came out and it didn't happen because i lent into the feminine side of myself as well or the divine side of myself and on that point just as a as a little nice tangent the main thing that i hear from other women when it comes to where their men are are failing to show up the main number one thing is not being in touch with their emotions Mm. absolutely the biggest complaint that you get is they don't know how to hold space for me and my emotions they don't know how to deal with their emotions so they shell off they wall up and they disappear in a number of ways. Some guys disappear at work because it's easier to fix the problems at work than it is to fix the problems at home because they understand how. There's a bunch of guys that'll um, they'll disappear into phones, video games, um, porn, you name it. All these different avenues that we use to numb out. It's like, that's what they're talking about. And when your wife is blowing up at you about something, she's not, she's not calling you out for a for a mistake or for a failure she's calling out the fact that she can't see you or hear you or feel you mm-hmm. because you've disappeared and that's what we do as the primal right people talk about primitive cultures and all the rest like other oh, guys disappear and they fight and they hunt and then they do all these things and they come back it's like yeah they come back you're not coming back brother mm-hmm. she can't see you or feel you because you're not coming back you're getting home and you're disappearing again straight away mm-hmm. so she's feeling isolated and alone and I get upset saying that now because I'm like, fuck, I did that. I was doing that for such a long time and I had no idea that I was doing it. And it took a lot of damage to be done before I realized that, oh shit, I need to change something here. Like this is a me thing. This isn't a us thing. This isn't a her thing. This isn't a victim. Everything's happening to me thing. This is a me not doing something that I should be doing thing. And when I realized that I was able to start changing that and that change is unfucking believable. It is mm. phenomenal to see. And I'm seeing a lot more guys do it, um, you know, and going through the coaching and stuff and you see them start to do it. And they start like, they get those penny drop moments of like, Oh, wow. 
this isn't just a shit relationship. It's like, nah, man, like that, there's, there's still so much gold in that relationship. You just got to figure out how to remove the rubble and the, the damage that's already been done and the, you know, the dirt and stuff that's sitting on top of it and you'll get it there. You start mm-hmm. to slowly drag it up and then oh, it's, it's just crazy. Like I love seeing the dynamics change. I love it. I can only, yeah, I can only imagine. I think that is uh, a big part of the fulfilling side of coaching. And I think it's cool that you're kind of uh, adding this into the repertoire of all the other things you're doing with your day job and family man and, and everything else. My, my mind goes to, as you're saying all that too, like big part of my childhood wounding, my father wound, my mother wound, if you will, has a lot to do with me not actually feeling uh, safe and seen. I was yeah. safe physically, 100%. Very rarely, if ever, did I feel unsafe physically, but emotionally, I didn't feel safe to to express myself. Um, and that was partly my parents, it was partly my society, partly, uh, you know, sports and, and school and my friends and, you know, all, all the things that obviously um, influence us as children. Mm. But, but a big part of, uh, you know, what I had to do in terms of reconciling my relationship with my father was to acknowledge that like, dad, you were, you were maybe there physically, but I never actually felt you. And, and one of the harder things to swallow was that that's how I showed up in, in my previous marriage. I just showed up as a guy that punched his ticket, clocked in, clocked out. And I had, uh, and this showed up in a lot of different relationships, you know, with women. And they were like, I, I just don't feel you, you know, and I still struggle with it at times. Like I, like I, I, I'm connected with you, but I don't feel like I have an intimate relationship with you. And so I'm like, oh man, what does that even mean? But that is, you know, to, I think your point, like the, the biggest thing that guys that you hear from women, that guys are failing on is because again, we don't have a great relationship with, with our core, with our heart, with our, uh, divine perhaps. Right. We're yeah. just kind of going through the motion, just getting shit done. Uh, thinking that a lot of our value is found in the doing in the producing, in the yeah. uh, protecting, but not necessarily in the being, you know what I mean? But we're missing life when, when we're doing yeah. that. What is that? Does that conjure any ideas or thoughts as I say that? Uh, lots. So just a quick one on that. So the, the yeah. protecting and the um, providing and all that. So a big thing for that, uh, from my perspective now, is when we hear provide, we tend to think money. Yeah. Right. It's, it's Resources. so much more than that. Like it is yeah. provide love. It is provide safety. It is provides like some structure. It is uh, provide comfort, you know, for, for especially for mm-hmm. kids and stuff. It is to, mm. it's to give yourself to when we provide, it's not just a, yeah, I can go and get money. I can throw as much money as I want at anything, but it's not the be all and end all because you need to be able to provide more than that. You know, think back to this for any guys that are listening, think back to when you were a kid, what was missing? What was missing? I know that many guys that came from families that didn't have much money and they often, often do not complain about that fact that they were poor. They talk about it and they're like, yeah, it was hard, but it doesn't, 
look like there's too much trauma attached to that. Like, I mean, there they can be for people that are really, really tight with money and they, they don't have a good relationship with money. So they kind of need to like hoard it and save as much as possible because they've got a scarcity mindset. But outside from that, it's like, well, what actually were the problems when you were a kid? What was missing? And often it comes down to like if a single parent, it's like, well, they're working a lot. So they weren't able to give me the time and the love that I needed. You know, it's like, I understand the situation. It's like, yeah, you can understand it all you want, but it doesn't change the fact that that's how you felt. Yeah. And that's okay. We often think that that's not okay that we feel like that anymore because we're mature adults. It's just like, yeah, we are mature adults. So we should understand that it's okay that we felt like that when we were kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that, that part of like, providing what what are we providing there's more than just money but we just as dudes we instantly go yeah cash i i provide heaps of money i provide all the income to the family so why are you cracking the shits that i'm working 12 14 hour days like yeah because you're not providing me other things you know and, and I-, I i came from a family um that was that was pretty quiet about problems yeah we didn't talk a great deal you know a lot of the a lot of dinners were in front of the TV, that kind of thing. So as I grew up and got to my twenties and stuff, I, I didn't know how to have hard conversations because I'd never seen one. Yeah. You know, it was always a, oh, adult problems are for adults, you know, so the adults will deal with it. So I, I hit my twenties and I'm like, I got all these adult problems and I don't know how to deal with them because I've never seen it. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to deal with that? And that's a big part of the, the work as well right he's understanding what adult problems actually are <laughs> yeah well i think one of the things that i didn't that i wasn't provided when i was younger emotionally and the thing that i haven't provided uh even as like uh an adult at times but have really leaned into and and have gotten to be a lot better at over the last 10 12 years especially in my coaching business is becoming uh a master at providing a soft place to land. And that is like um, with children, with women, with guys, hundred percent. It's just like that place where someone can come and, and not be judged. They can be any, any form of, you know, emotion, uh, high, low, it doesn't matter. I could kind of care less what skin color you have, what your background is, what your upbringing was, what your financial position is, and just like all of it's okay. And I think if, you know, if you, if you, as a guy listening to this, if you get to be really good at that, that probably is one of the biggest uh, things that you would be remembered for. (laughs) You could build a legacy off of that in the sense of like, you know, yeah, dad, and or husband or brother or you know <laughs> they provided uh all these things or didn't provide all these things but what thing that they were really good at was just allowing me to feel loved and enough no matter what and i think yeah. that's i think that is uh you know, i don't know if there's many things that are more important than that but i also think it's one of the hardest things to do because we not only have to do that with others we have to do that with ourselves and that's the hardest part the biggest part of doing the quote-unquote men's work right yeah it's being able to give ourselves the grace and the love the self-compassion yeah yeah self-compassion 
love, all those things are, they're massive. It's, it's amazing how, you know, when you go from a place of like, I don't love myself to I fucking do. Yeah. And I got myself always, yeah. you know, if there's, if any, anyone from my life could leave, but I'm going to be okay because I've got me and having that deep understanding and the love for yourself and the compassion for yourself to know that despite what you go through, you're going to be okay. Like you're going to make mistakes along the way, but you're going to be okay. So long as you maintain that love for yourself and that can be, that can come across as really corny and really like, I don't want to go anywhere near that kind of thing um, to guys that haven't started the work yet. And sure. I get that. I was the exact was same. Like that's so why I avoided the feminine stuff for such a long time, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, I was almost actively running away from it. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, how can I be sitting here thinking that, you know, I've got courage and leaning into all this primal stuff and like, yeah, I've got courage, but yet I'm running away from love. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, that's not courageous. Is it? That's not brave. That's running the fuck away. That's scared. And it's just crazy to even think about things in that kind of sense, right? Like, ah, you know, it's, you're weakening yourself by doing that. It's like, no, I'm becoming more impenetrable to outside things because I understand who I am, what I love about myself and what I love about my family. And I know what my values are. How can anyone break me down from there? Mm-hmm. Because if my priorities are right and I'm living from a value and purpose-driven uh, manner, what can you take away from that? You take the house away, sure. I've still got my family. You know what I mean? Like take all the money away. I've still got my family. I've still got me and I'll make it work. And people don't get to rattle me or upset me. And I'm not talking about like the people that are, you know, whatever you want to call them, like a false stoic where they're like, yeah, I show no emotion, you know, and that's stoicism. It's like, no, it's not. That's not what stoicism is. It's, hiding emotions from other people is very, very different to not allowing them to affect your emotions. Right. Right. So it's like, if someone wants to start going off at me, I can now manage how I feel about that. And I can see it for what it really is. If they're attacking me and they're trying to get a rise out of me, it's like, well, who's actually got the problem here? Mm -hmm. It's not really me, is it? Like I've done something that's upset you and now you're out of control because you feel a need to attack me or bring me down a peg or um, make me feel like how you feel. It's like, okay, well, you can try that. But I know, I know where I'm coming from and there's truth in that. And coming from a place of deep understanding, especially of the self is again, what can, what can people do about that? You can't affect that very easily. No. When you brought it up now several times at the beginning and now just, just uh, moments ago, kind of talking about knowing what your what you value, what mm. your values are. <clears throat> I think for a man to live in integrity with himself is to know that he is living in integrity with his values. And I know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I went to Tony Robbins' date with Destiny, both in Orlando and on the Gold Coast there in Australia, uh, five years apart. And it was interesting to go through his process of laying out the uh, kind of like you get to define you get to look at what your values are currently, and then you get to re reevaluate them, reorder them. And uh, it was never a process that I intentionally did. It was just like, I value these things because this is kind of how I was raised. Right. 
Yeah. But as an adult, it's interesting to sit down and be able to go through a process. And I highly recommend his process. And I'm sure there's plenty of others online and that sort of thing. Um, or something that you or me as coaches could help clients in different ways is like, if you feel like you are um, out of integrity, it's because typically there's a conflict of, of values. You know, if you feel like you procrastinate or you self-sabotage, it's a conflict of values. And so if you don't know what those values are, you're going to run into a lot of shit, you know? Yeah. And so I know you kind of said a few times that like, oh, the, the values piece is important to have. And I think for you and I, we might take those things for granted because we've done the work. But I think the younger version of me, at least I can speak for myself, like I didn't know what the fuck I valued. I was, yeah. I was valuing one thing deep down in my heart, but my head was saying, I need to value money. I need to value yeah. hard work and value different things that took me into my insecurities and my ego. Yeah. And it broke up relationships. It broke up my health. It broke up. So I think it's, uh, I don't know if that resonates at all from what, from what you were talking about earlier, but I think the values piece is a big part of the kind of doing the work, the men's work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a massive part without knowing what your values are. What are you really doing? Like the path that you're walking and the direction you're heading, a, like, mm-hmm. do you even know which direction you're heading? Right. Um, but if you, if you do know which direction you're heading, but you don't know what you value, it's like, well, then how do you know that it's the right direction? Yeah. Because if you're saying like, I want to go and be the CEO of a, you know, multi-million dollar company, but I value family, I value adventure, I value time alone. Um, you know, I value integrity. It's like, well, honestly, bro, you, family's going to be hard. Yeah. Adventure's not going to happen because right. you're going to be working. Um, all the other things I said, um, like integrity it's like man if you're trying to do a job like that your integrity is going to struggle because you have to do what is best for others and what is best for a business which can really conflict with your moral principles at times right Mm. so it's like is that really the path you want to be going on so it's like then you question that and you're like okay well what is it about that that you're trying to land on are you trying to have you just got this image of success well, I want to be successful. I want people to know my worth. It's like, all right, sweet. Let's backtrack from there. What are your feelings of self-worth like right now? And then, or what are your feelings of like, what, what does successful look like to you? And you can start to really dive into those underlying issues of, oh, I want to do this and I want to be this millionaire. So everyone will look at me and be like, yeah, he really made it. You know, he's really worth something. It's like, okay, well, let's work down from there. Yeah. What is that feelings of self-worth? Because you're, it seems like you're projecting so far ahead to achieve something that's down here. And it doesn't need to be blown out of proportion. So having a mm. value system that you can then rely on, like for me, family is number one and then integrity. So family is number one. And the second thing is I do what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they're, they're massively important things. So, and yeah, things like, well, you brought up, the, the money thing, right? So it's like, okay, well, you can look at that and be like, I value money. It's like, well, do you really value money? What is it about money that you actually value? Is it the ability to buy things, to buy whatever you want? Or is it the feeling that comes with having a lot of money? Mm-hmm. And no, the knowing that like, well, no one can take away anything I have because I have money. So is it security that you're actually valuing? Mm-hmm. 
I know it is for me. So I don't want, I don't value money. I value security. I don't want my family home to be taken away. You know, I don't want my kids to be left without. I don't want my kids to have to go to hospital and I can't afford bills. Like I don't want any of that. That's why I value money, but it comes under the banner of security. Mm -hmm. Whereas on some people, you know, value money for, for how it makes them feel in terms of significance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Significance validation. Like, yeah, I've got X amount of zeros in my bank account. So I'm ultra successful. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, but what are you doing with that? Like, are you just spending it on stuff? Like, is it, are you, are you materialistic? Are you just Mm. buying things with that? Like, fair enough. You're you're investing it. You're being really smart with it and stuff. It depends what the end game is. If the end game is, yeah, because a lot of people will hide behind feelings of self-worth and they'll justify it as money because it's almost like a game, right? It's a point of pride. Like I earned more than you last year. And it's like, yeah, but what are you actually deriving from that? What is it you're actually getting from that? Is it a, is it a feeling of self-worth? Is it a, of being validated? Is it of being like, yeah, I'm the most important person here because I earned the most or I did the most hours or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, what is it that sits behind those, those behaviors and why are you putting energy into that? So it's like start to look into those things and try and understand what are the underlying things that are pushing that? And is it actually what you want? Because they're the things that pull us out of integrity. And often we're out of integrity in ways we don't even realize because again, we have this vision in here that we don't always act on, but we can see it. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it with people because it scares us too much to talk about it, but we know it's in there. And then we don't do the things that are going to get us there. So it's like, well, we're not really in integrity, are we? Because we're not doing what we know we want to be doing or what we're telling ourselves we should be doing. If we're not doing those things and we're out of integrity. And that drives a lot of conflict within ourselves of like, I want this, but I can't get this because it's too hard or it's too, I don't know how to get there. And that, that can be a big thing that drives relationships apart. You know, ah, it's all on her fault. She's, she doesn't do enough of the housework and all that stuff. Like she's lazy or she's on her phone. Or like, bro, there's so much more in that than, than what you're seeing. Like yeah. take it down a layer. Just be open to that. Just be open to this. Like not everything is as it appears. Like just peel a layer back and have a look. Just open that box and peek in there and see, see what's in there. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to really work through a better value system. You can work through better communication and all the rest. So yeah, it's, it's fun. Like value systems, integrity and integrity just really drags us out of a lot of places. It mm-hmm. really can. It can be our best mm-hmm. friend or it can be our worst enemy, mm-hmm. you know, because we'll set, how many times have you set a goal for something in the future Right. So like 12 months, you're like, I need to, I need to have achieved this in 12 months. I'm going to do that. So you've just kind of set yourself something with integrity and you get halfway there and you're like, I don't even know if I want to be doing this anymore. It's like, this isn't as fulfilling or as purposeful as I thought it was going to be, but you stick with it anyway. And it just starts to drain your energy and you're just like, well, but I said I was going to do this and now I have to do it. It's like, well, why? If it's, if it's not fulfilling, if it's not in line with who you are, it's not in line with your values anymore. Yeah. Why do you need to continue to do it? If it's just because you told yourself you have to do it, Mm -hmm. why? Like you can pull back from that. Mm -hmm. You can, and it's okay. And no one's going to think less of you for it. If uh, being a man who's also open to accepting, okay, that was not the best idea. 
you know, or it was unrealistic or I thought that was what I wanted, but I was wrong, you know, and or as I worked through the process, yeah, or yeah. values shift and values absolutely do shift, you know, and that's why a, a good thing to, is to reassess them every, you know, 12 months or two years Yeah, is to see if the values have changed because if security is a big one for you and that's financial and physical security, but then you go on, you've got a heap of money in the bank. So you covered yourself in case of financial hardship and, you know, you started doing, you know, boxing or jujitsu or something. So you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm pretty cool with all this stuff now. And you're in a rhythm and it's like, you're going to continue that. Mm-hmm. Well, that value may just drop down a little bit because you've got it dialed in so much. And then another value may come in and be like, you know, love. Love may drop into its place. And you'll be like, well, I've got security a lot more in check now. Right. So now I've got, I've got space for this expansion. I've got space to sit here and be like, we're safe. We're good. We're comfortable. Whereas now I've got this place where I can really open up and be more loving and caring with my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a big part of why you're becoming uh, a stronger and stronger coach and why I feel like, uh, you have so much to offer other guys who may, you know, hear this and resonate and want to maybe ha- have you become their, their coaches because you do a really good job, Matt, of just asking, I mean, those, that last 10 minutes had so many powerful open-ended questions that if a guy just listened to the last 10 minutes and wrote down many of those questions and just answered them, <laughs> their life would probably yeah. change, you know? But I think that, again, that's very, very infrequently do we, I say we collectively as like human beings, cause we're all so busy and we're all very easily distracted these days, sit down and answer some of life's most important questions. And that's why I feel like coaching is so powerful and why I got into it, why I very infrequently don't have a coach or a therapist or someone that I'm working with myself is because I need someone to be asking me the questions that I rarely ask myself. I can ask other people, but when do I actually sit down and do the work? You know, I've got a financial yeah. coach right now to help me with budgeting and, and personal and business finances. I've got a therapist. I've got, so, right. So it's like, I hire those people because as much as I know the questions for, my, for, for asking other people, I still have yeah. such a busy life that it's to me worth the, the time and the effort and the money <laughs> to, to, to hire a coach to have those appointments, to be asked those questions, to be put on the spot, to really start to, to, to dig into like, well, why, why do I do the things I do? Why do I value the things that I do? Or why, what needs to shift? You know? And I think when, when you really open you being the listener, when you open yourself up to having the humility, like I, like I said, at the very beginning of this coming full circle, like you did, Matt, to start questioning, like, okay, life isn't what I hoped it would be. How do I go about uh, improving it? A lot of times a coach is really where it's at, getting those questions asked. Yeah. Um, and so if, just kind of segueing into that, if someone were listening to this and like really resonating with you and just maybe wanted to pick your brain or talk more about like what coaching with you will look like, how would they go about even connecting with you and starting that conversation? Yeah, right. So at the moment, my my main platform that I'm using is Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and my my I think it's called a handle on that. Yeah. Or my Instagram name 
is father of the tribe au with underscores between each word so it, it's probably going to be best if you chuck it in the show notes or something man yeah definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i'm on uh i'm on instagram um i've got a link in there so for anyone that's open to talking further to asking more questions um i do do a an hour discovery call or it's called a roadmap session where we go through we can look at everything that's going on for you and we can suck out of that what it is that you're trying to get to like what it is you're trying to do where you want to be um and i do that for free um that's just a let's sit down let's see what you're doing um outside of that i i do post pretty frequently um you know maybe every day or every every second day thereabouts um and i share a lot of this same type of stuff um particularly around parenting and relationships and things like that where my my aim is to sort of just to start to expand the the heads of dudes right to really start getting them thinking about things and to and it's difficult it's one thing that we don't want to often look at but to take the perspective of the partners from other partners and to be Mm -hmm. like all right this is what they're telling us they need right so if they're telling us that they need a guy that can be in control of his emotions and is more present and can hold space and etc it's like who wouldn't listen to that? If someone's giving you the answer, why would you not want to listen to that and lean into that? And they're giving, they're giving me the answers. You know, one of, one of my posts was literally about, was asking that question. And I had a bunch of comments come through and every single one of them had something in there about emotions. So mm. I'm starting to lean into all that and I'm going to be putting up a lot more in the future where I'm going to be answering a lot more and offering a lot more things on like, here's some things that you can start to do to start getting into the work, to start expanding your life, your relationship, to get a deeper understanding of self. So Instagram's where I'm at. Come Brilliant. by, say hi. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I love it, dude. Um, and something you just said, uh, now it just escapes me for a moment. Um, oh, I had it and I lost it. That's okay. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, Oh, what I was going to say, thank you. There it is, is that I highly encourage you listener to follow Matt um, out on, on Instagram, just because to your point, I mean, you mentioned it, but your, your content has been solid. You've been kicking out uh, so much uh, just really powerful, um, relevant content, conversations, questions, um, you really get to kind of see in behind the veil of you and the work that you do, even while to and from as you're driving to work, you know, as you're driving down in your, in your truck, shooting some video, which is kind of cool. You're making it happen, uh, which is also inspiring because, um, you know, here's, here's Matt, who's a, you know, a father of four going on 24 and, and a, a husband and, uh, hardworking man, but he's also still kind of doing his side hustle and added value, you know? So yeah. highly recommend that you follow him. I'll put the, his uh, Instagram handle in the, the show notes, but dude, thank you for jumping on the podcast. Thanks for sharing who you are and a lot of your nuggets of wisdom with, with the listener. Um, and there's a lot of different questions I have, honestly, a little bit more going back into your childhood that I want to get into, but we'll have to do a part two sometime soon that's gonna so, suck 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. awesome. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely down for that. Yeah, I think that's that's where a lot of the things stem from. Obviously, as as adults, we have to go back and see where we learn these things and these uh, kind of sometimes shitty coping mechanisms, right? Come from when we're little. So we can get into all that stuff for another time. But oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been real fun. Yeah, absolutely. I love uh, I love that we can chat. You know it's Friday afternoon for me and Saturday morning for you, but we're presently in the moment, even though you're in the future for me. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Man from the future, man from the future. Let me know what the weather's like. Um, but yeah. dude, thank you again. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for taking time out from the, the cartoon Saturday morning and uh, love you, brother. Appreciate you. Love you too, bro. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. All right, guys. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Uh, give Matt a hand up. Yeah, give Matt a handle. Give Matt a hand. No, follow his uh, his Instagram content and uh, I'll put his handle in the show notes. But until the next episode, thanks for joining me. We'll talk soon. Cheers, brothers. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, it would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.